This week's podcast brought to you by Purloins. The morning after Halloween, our 12-year-old daughter came into the kitchen where there was still a bowl full of candy left over from the night before. And she said, can I have a piece of candy? And I said, for breakfast? No, you can't. And then she said, what about for part of breakfast? Saying says no pain, no gain, and we found that to be fact. The road might twist and turn a bit, but we all arrive intact. Mr. Mom and Mrs. Dad having each other's back. Day by day, just to keep it sane. Who's the ball and who's the chain? It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. Well, it was Halloween a couple of nights ago. And, and we have way, way too much candy in our house. Not only the kids went trick-or-treating, a couple of the kids went trick-or-treating, so they've got their pillowcases full of candy. But uh, I, after waking up on Halloween morning in the kitchen, getting the kids ready to, to leave for school, I realized at that moment we did not have a single item of candy in our house to give out to trick-or-treaters and we get inundated. We get a ton of kids um, knocking on our door. So I went from not having a single thing of candy, single piece of candy, single bag of candy, and then went, of course, and bought some that morning to now we have, the kids have their sacks full of candy and, uh, and I overbought and I now need to find somewhere to donate the candy because when there's candy in the house, you just end up eating candy, and and no one needs that. I, I I hate to say this. I don't hate to say it. It just it depresses me a little bit because it means I'm on the brink of death from natural causes. But I don't really even like candy anymore. Yeah, as one of the one of life's joys that has I've I've outlived. I guess. No, um, it's interesting. I I would I would agree with you. Like I still like ice cream still like cookies love ice cream yeah yeah I, I I'm, I'm with you I'll I'll still find myself though when there's all these fun size pieces of candy laying around the house I still find myself opening them up and and eating them even though I, I I'm with you I don't particularly enjoy them I'm I'm uh, not with bow wow wow here I, I don't want candy and we have too much of it you're right so we just need we need to get rid of it. The, the kids with their candy in their pillowcases. I just had this recovered memory when my sister and I were younger, going uh, going trick or treating, and we never used pillowcases because pillowcases were for pillows. We didn't have extra sets of sheets in our no, house or whatever. That, that's pillowcases were also for burglars. So when you when you were <laughs> when you were tiptoeing around in the dark, your neighbors' houses. Um, it was appropriate to have a pillowcase slung over your shoulder and one of those Hamburglar eye masks. Right. Pillowcases were for pillows and, and burglars or burgling. Um, but and, 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 and if you were a bank robber, you had a, a sack of cash with a big dollar sign on the right, side. Right. And, and, a, and, and possibly a bomb made from a bowling ball with a candle sticking out of the thumb hole. I'm sorry. Yes. Where, where, where were you? Yes, you're right. Pillows were for those things when we were kids. No, pillowcases. Pillowcases, I'm sorry. Pillowcases were for those things and not for trick-or-treating. Like, you know, we normally used a, a grocery bag or uh, whatever it was when we were kids. But for whatever what reason- What happened if it got rain, rained on her? I mean, a, a grocery bag paper? That no, sounds no, like no. a recipe plastic, for disaster. They had plastic paper, uh, grocery bags okay. then. Um, that's what you used. Anyway, my sister one year used a pillowcase and, uh, you know, took a trick-or-treating, whatever came back trick-or-treating. And I don't know how many days later, one of our dogs had eaten a hole through the pillowcase to get to the candy. And my recovered memory now as a dog owner and understanding things a little bit better. My mother was angry about the pillowcase. I don't remember her having, maybe she didn't know that chocolate can kill dogs. I don't remember her having any concern at all about the dogs. I just remember her being furious that um, 
that that set of sheets no longer had a matching pillowcase. That was always a danger when you came home from school and your mother had discovered something that you couldn't then BS your way out of because she had discovered it. Now, if your sister had discovered the dog first, she could have hidden the pillowcase. She she could have thrown she could it away. But but when you when you would come home from school and you were caught red-handed, red-handed in some right. some horrible thing, it, it was it was you know it was a smoking gun. You know what? One of the nice things about becoming an adult is is like when you're a kid and you've done something that you get caught doing, your number one like instinct is to say you didn't do it or to get out of the predicament you're in. Like, that wasn't me. It wasn't me. The song, it wasn't me. Right. The beauty of being an adult is- The cops episode of, you know, I just found these drugs in your pants. Those aren't my drugs. I just found them in your pants. These aren't my pants. Right. Yeah. But, but- like now, when you when you do something wrong, you just the beauty of being an adult is like, oh yeah, I did, I screwed up, I'm sorry. You just like own it and move on. Uh, yeah, that was, be- that was my fault. Uh, but let's figure out how to fix it because, versus like versus getting all scared that somebody's gonna gonna punish you because you're beyond embarrassment. Yes, you're beyond shame, beyond punishment, really, beyond largely beyond punishment, and and you no longer like candy. So, <laughs> so really, you know, you almost welcome the possibility of feeling some kind of shame or, or, uh, or being punished just to feel something. But I mean, it's, it, it's always those stupid little things when you're a kid, it's, you know, the dog eating a hole through your pillowcase or, you know, you've broken something in the house or whatever. Like, I think maybe too, when you're an adult, you realize who cares? Those things, you know, that's too bad, but ultimately it doesn't matter. And and what, are, are you, my husband, going to scold me? Am I going to scold you? Like, of course not. Uh, I will definitely still give you the evil eye and be annoyed when those things happen. But there's no, like, punishment that oh, you feel I, when I, you're a kid. I do fear punishment from, I, I still fear your wrath, believe me. But that's about the only thing that. <laughs> That keeps you on the Strikes street. Me, now. Yes, um, but but your your sister could have invented an elaborate tale, and probably would have had she had the time. I'm May thinking have, of, a, of, a, of a of a Hardy Boys Nancy Drew mystery called the case of the purloined pillowcase. I don't know that. What does purloined for, mean? Purloined. Yes. Stolen. Right. I don't. I don't know. I've not heard that word before. That's, it's the kind it's of word. One of the, the many, a, many joys of being married. To it's you the kind of word, word that that they would use in a in a Hardy Boys title. And and I'm trying to think if if they actually if they actually did. Um, I, I'll look that up while while you while you jibber jabber about your week. Well, there was not a, a Hardy Boys story uh, with uh, the word purloined in the title. But looking at the list of Hardy Boys um, uh, titles right now, we had the first two. We had three of them. We had like the first two and then a, a random, like the 17th or something. But the mm-hmm. first one, The Tower Treasure, I can still picture the cover. Uh, I can picture the spine. It was I on my bookshelf picture, forever. I can't picture the cover, but I can picture exactly what the book looked like. Hardcover, was it blue? Yeah, blue, of course. And then yeah. like, and it had, it was a little yeah. bit shorter than like the adult books, right? Exactly, yes. Yeah. But uh, anyway, um, well, we're talking about Halloween. I do love um, sort of the spirit of Halloween. Granted, I love it usually from the comfort of our our house, but uh, just giving the candy out to the kids. And, and like I said, the, our street just gets inundated. Usually there's a tractor that, that drives that has a flatbed like attached to it that, that's just full of kids. And and the giggling and the laughing and all of that. The look um, of delight and anticipation as the kids approach our door, and then the look of of dismay and disappointment when 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 they see it's it's me giving out the candy and not you. Well, they, I hooked them up this year because first I'd bought too much candy, and also a number um, of the houses on our street weren't giving out candy. So I felt like, all right, well, I got to make it worth these kids' while, especially because we're sort of on an incline on our street, so they've they've had to earn it a little bit. They've had to walk a little bit of a. Of a up a up a hill to get here to get to candy. Um, They've also had to traverse a minefield of dog excrement to get to yeah, our door from the street. Yeah, I don't know if they traversed it. They were probably all 
stepping squarely they, in they, it. They, they were stepping squarely. They, but, they, they uh, don't know until they get home that night. And by that time, they don't know whose yard it, it came from. One of my the joys that I had this year that I haven't had in past years is our son is now a freshman in high school. And um, I coached his youth basketball team from fifth through eighth grade. And I haven't seen a bunch of these boys that I coached, you know, since the basketball season ended, since since the spring. And a number of them came to the front door and uh, were trick-or-treating. And it was delightful to see these guys and say hi. And they've changed. They've all changed so much, um, especially at that age from, you know, April to uh, Halloween. So um, I'm hoping that they'll, they'll have at least one more year of trick-or-treating as sophomores that they'll come out next year and I'll be able to see them all again. But uh, I really enjoyed just, and it was a nice night. The weather was was pretty comfortable. So You manned uh, the door for most of the night. Yeah. Uh, you, you womaned the door for most of the night. I did. And when you were womaning the door, did you uh, did you find that most kids did or did not say trick-or-treat or did, did they just kind of stare vacantly at you as you uh, most stare vacantly. assess their costumes? Most stare vacantly, yes. Yeah. Some say, you know, the ones who say trick or treat are the little ones because they're with their parents. And so the the parents kind nudge of nudge them and say, yes, say trick or treat. And so I would open the door and look. And if they didn't, I would I would say trick or treat, you know. And, I uh, heard you say trick or treat a few times. You, yeah. But the, the uh, I was I was bringing energy. Does, but you don't, a, you don't you don't say trick or treat. But if they're not going to somebody has to. Can't just I can't just open the door and look at a bunch of kids who aren't speaking. Somebody has to say something. And so if they're not going to say trick or treat. I will say, hey, trick or treat, happy Halloween, and uh, and give out the candy. Um, yeah, it's uh, some of the kids just kind of look at you blankly. It's interesting too because a lot of times the kids are, especially if they're middle school or high school, they're in groups with their friends, um, and then little kids, like I said, are with their parents. It's interesting sometimes is when you get a middle school aged kid, say seventh or eighth grade, and they're just by themselves. There were a couple of those. And then, of course, my brain goes to the, oh, what's the story? Why isn't this kid with a pack of friends? Uh, <laughs> but like seem like perfectly they... pleasant and happy kids who are, who are out trick-or-treating. So um, it was, it's fun. I'll have a, have a, a new adventure that I'm um, embarking on or just embarked on. Uh, I've been calling women's college basketball and WNBA games for a long time. Uh, women's college basketball since the late 90s, WNBA since the early 2000s. I've never, you know, dabbled in. Uh, I've called a couple of men's college basketball games. I've never done anything. You've called. You've called a couple of NBA games for. You've speeded. You oh, that's State true. A couple of years As ago. like uh, I forget what they call it. The uh, yeah, I called the um, the Golden State Warriors game a couple of years ago in one of ESPN's crossover games where they put some NBA analysts on college games and college analysts on NBA games. Anyway. This year is the first time I'm going to be doing some stuff for the Yes Network um, in the Nets, the Brooklyn Nets, doing some of their studio stuff. And my first game, my first time ever doing it, um, was this past Saturday when uh, the biggest news around the Brooklyn Nets had very little to do with basketball. Well, the biggest news around the NBA around was the NBA. around the Brooklyn Nets and has been for, uh, for the week yeah. that you've been... Uh, a, a Brooklyn Nets studio host in their rotation of studio, I'm sorry, analyst, studio yeah. analysts in their rotation of studio analysts. The Brooklyn Nets have been, had a chokehold on the uh, NBA news cycle. Yeah, on the sort of the gossip machine. And, it, and it, not in a good way. Right. And it was, it was already a little bit intimidating enough for me because the person who does the majority of their studio stuff is Frank Isola, who is just incredible, uh, has been doing this for how many years? 20, 30 years he's been co covering New York sports, covering the NBA. So he has this incredible breadth of knowledge of what's going on in the league, not only this season, but like for the last bunch of years. And so I was watching him as I'm getting ready to, to do my my studio gig. And I'm just thinking like, oh, my gosh, you know, this guy just is this incredible encyclopedia of NBA knowledge. Um, but anyway, so it's my turn and I'm, ex I'm excited to get in there and talk some hoops and uh and it was just 
a, a day where all of the news was about Kyrie Irving in a social media post, and then he in post anti-Semitic tweet link y- link yes, linking yes. L- linking to an anti-Semitic film a tweet linking to an anti-Semitic film. So so um, that was an important story, an issue to cover, obviously. But the nine hundred. Brooklyn Nets games and other NBA games that you were watching to cram for this first final exam of your first pregame, halftime, and postgame show would have very little to do of with course. that. Like I'm, I'm just trying to like immerse myself in the basketball piece of it, and then it's this, and and then how it works on on a regional network, which is a little different from ESPN, is you have a half hour pregame show, then you have your halftime, and then the postgame show, and it's not like uh, again on ESPN a postgame show is going to be a certain amount of time, half hour maybe, or or forty minutes, or, or whatever. And uh, but when you're doing the regional network, the the post game show is going to last however long it takes for the coaches and the players to come to the press conference and speak. So on this particular night after the game, and and the Brooklyn Nets lose to the Indiana Pacers. Um, to they, drop to one and five or one and six. Yeah, they, yeah. they they don't even they don't emerge from the locker room. There's a players only meeting, so it takes forever. Like the, their coach at the time, Steve Nash, would usually be out and talking to the media maybe 15 minutes after the game ends. Well, it wasn't that wasn't the case for this. So I understand but, you have a two hour uh, car ride home after the yes, after, yes. from the studio. But, but first. We have to fill all this time until we go to the press con- Steve Nash's press conference, which is fine. We're talking about the basketball game, whatever. Eventually, we get Steve Nash, but then there's a players-only meeting, so it takes it takes forever to get any of the players down there. And then one of the players who uh, who is in the press conference is is Kyrie Irving, and and how it works is that they'll they'll show. Um, you know, first they show Steve Nash's comments, and then I kind of comment on those. Then they're going to show the players, and you comment on those. And, and Kyrie Irving had a post-game press conference that, uh, in many ways, made no sense at all. <laughs> and I was just sitting there. Well, he was trying to defend the indefensible, of and, course, and being of course. defiant, w- of without course. apologizing. But I'm, but I'm sitting there, and as I'm watching it, my, my like thought bubble that's coming out of my head was just, how do I comment on? On something that, like, I don't understand what the heck he was saying. It was very much a but, word salad. But it's not your and, job to, no, to interpret know, or, or uh, of course not, be the but it's Kyrie still, Irving whisperer. But it's still my job to comment on it. So we did, and it was fun. And I, well, that piece wasn't necessarily fun, but the experience was a lot of fun. And uh, I'm only doing a handful of these um, of these Brooklyn Net studios, but I've really, really enjoyed just sort of immersing myself a little bit in in, in the NBA and. Uh, and and look forward to a, a time when I can be in there and kind of just focus on it, the basketball part of basketball. And maybe the Yes Network will will do their own crossover segment uh, next summer, and you'll be a broadcasting Yankees game. <laughs> you'll sit yes, in for David Cohn as the analyst on that. that oh, would that would well. be great. Yeah. Our son had his final soccer game of the season yesterday. Uh, they they got out of school early to for a two p.m. kickoff because of the the field that they're the turf field that they were using uh, required that um, and um, and you and I were able to go and enjoy it and we like to park ourselves he he's a he's a defender so we like to park ourselves at whichever and he's defending yes we, so, yes so we we stand uh, you know near the eighteen yard box of uh, Whichever end, switching at halftime, and um, and so we were kind of loners down there at the at uh, his end of the field yesterday afternoon, and they had two two refs, no uh, assistant refs with flags running the lines, just two refs, presumably because it was a two p.m. kickoff. It's hard to get three and um, one on each side of the field, each sideline, and. We're watching the game and we're you know commenting on the game and you know there's a throw in near us and and um, the, the one of the two the ref who has been on our side uh, is backpedaling and he's you know calling this and watching that and and he just casually says uh, at some point, "Hey, Rebecca." Uh, no, he didn't start with that. No, no. What he started with was he just looked at brother, me and said, yeah. "He just looked at me and said, 
class of 87. Oh, that's, that's what he said. He that's what he said. He yeah. said class of 87. Yeah, it's like a total non sequitur. Yes. And so I he knew was, he didn't mean South He was UConn class of 87, presumably. Yeah. Yes. And then he said, uh, then he said, like, your brother your coached brother my coached kids. Your brother coached one of my kids. Yeah, I said, in, in basketball? He's like, no, in lacrosse. Yeah. And so then we just had this uh, occasional conversation, depending on which end of the field yeah. play was in. And he then, was very much concentrating on the game. This was during, uh, yeah. you and know. Then uh, our, our last interaction, he said, which one's yours? And we said we told him the we tall told him one. The he said, "Oh, the yeah, tall one, of course." Yeah, the tall one, and uh, but um, fortunately, he didn't uh, issue any yellow Red cards, cards or, to our son. But uh, yeah, so you know, it, it, it's uh, for all of our complaints about youth sports, occasionally touching on uh, youth officiating. It's nice to be reminded of these human beings who's who have their own kids coached by your own family right. uh, who uh, who share an alma mater with you, Rebecca. Yeah. So let that be a lesson the next time you're you're lighting up some AAU basketball referee. I don't light up AAU basketball referees, and I never say anything to the so- to soccer referees because I just simply don't exactly know the rules. Well, you 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 don't exactly not know the rules. You don't know the rules. I don't know the, but I do know, like if a guy shoves another person down that that's probably not allowed. Although oh. in the in the soccer game yesterday, you know, the ball's kind of up for grabs near the sideline and the other team, the kid came over. You're not allowed to grab the ball unless you're <laughs> the a other goalkeeper. Team, the kid came over and totally boxed out our player. It was super physical with him. So the ball would go out of bounds and it could be their throw in. And to me, I, was, I said to you, I said, is that allowed? You said, yeah, it's allowed. Well, like, what, oh, what, what, it wouldn't look I, like I, something I, that should be allowed. I prefer letting that stuff go to... Anytime a kid goes to ground, them blowing the whistle, which happens sometimes as well. Now we're turning we're turning a nice moment with the official into a rant against officials again. But uh, uh, sometimes a kid will, you know, lose possession or um, loses balance, and he'll just sprawl on the ground, and that it's, will often get a whistle from a referee who's seventy yards away. It's the Swin Cash school of. Um I don't know how, how I'd even finish that, like baiting the refs. Swin Cash, who was a great player at UConn, was just inducted into the Naismith uh, Basketball Hall of Fame this past September. She was playing for the Detroit Shock. It might have been her rookie year, and I was playing for the Houston Comets in Houston. And I was marveling at any time Swin went into the lane for a layup, if she screamed, and she kind of has a, a little bit of a higher-pitched voice, if she screamed, ah, she'd get the call. Every single time. If she screamed, even if she could have been on a breakaway, and if she screamed when she went up for the layup, she was going to get the call. Well, which, which, so it's sort of the same thing in soccer. When these boys, if they go down and they also it, add the scream, they usually, get their call. It, except usually it, it is not a Hall of Fame caliber player who's doing it. Often often it's the opposite. It's, right. I, I have no other options but to fall down, so I'm going to do that. Yeah. Shall we go to viewer mail? Let's go to viewer mail. I think mail. we're giving people sufficient time to do the dishes, don't you? I think so, yeah. Big bad look, throw our lure, reel us in with your viewer mail. Ralph in Maryland writes, Hi, Restiva, saying that Darien, Connecticut is a suburb of Greenwich, Connecticut can be compared to saying that Westport, Connecticut is a suburb of Darien. Darien or Darien, Rebecca? Which no, do you prefer? All three are considered suburbs of New York City. I'm sure Mr. Wanamaker of Westport will agree. Uh, I mean, I, I don't think. Did we ever dispute any of that? Uh, no, I think I said Darien was a suburb of Greenwich. I think you that's, said that's, that. I think I said that. Yeah. So when we were reading the the Happy Birthday wishes, so I, this is helping well, yeah, clarify no. my. I, I, I'm sorry, Ralph. If I if if I had heard Rebecca say that, had I been paying attention to her saying that, I was going to say if you you certainly have, heard it, you just weren't listening. I would have I would have I would have ridiculed you ridiculed her preemptively. But thank you for doing it. Uh, after I missed that, uh, my 2016. Oh, ha, uh, I'm sure Mr. Wanamaker of Westport will agree. Happy belated birthday to him. Strong or soft? Still no comment. Strong suburbs and soft suburbs, Rebecca. Yes. My 2016 Honda Accord, writes Ralph, came with an owner's manual and it clearly marked AM radio along with two FM bands. If a manual is needed to determine whether a car has an AM radio, we are in a sad state of affairs. Uh, Ralph, it gets sadder than that. I think my car, the manual, is, now this sounds contradictory, the manual is digital. 
Does that make sense, Rebecca? Yeah, I, I so think your the manual, manual is in the touchscreen. So you have to have the car running. What if you can't start no, your no, car? No, no, you don't have to. I don't, I don't know if you have to. What if you can't start your car? Then you can't, then there's no power to. I think I think, I think I also the, got a, 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 uh, a physical manual, but I, I'm, I'm not sure about that. Mm. But, uh, but you know, using using a digital manual to find where the AM radio is is like using you know some kind of uh, right space age. You're uh, like going between geolocation to find your rotary dial telephone, which right, is right kind of where I am. Go Phillies, uh, Ralph writes, and the Phillies are going. Up uh, two games to one as we write this after uh, crushing the Astros last night, Rebecca. They're up what? Two to one, right? Two games to one. Bryce Harper hit a home run last night, and um, our son will be happy about that. Restiva writes, Bob in Illinois, listening to the most recent podcast on my way to work and heard my email make the cut for viewer mail. Very exciting to say the least. Uh, I love that people think we have a rigorous um, uh, cutting process, Rebecca. I know. Um, in answer to your question about the difference between FM one and FM two, this is this is this is no pun intended. Clearly, a hot button issue, Rebecca. Mm. And perhaps you've already found this if you follow DGS's lead that you have an AM radio and an owner's manual. Uh, I haven't. I, I do remember DGS advising me to use it, but uh, we haven't done so yet. There is no technical difference. FM two exists only to provide you with a second set of six question mark FM preset stations. Hope this helps finalize your AM radio quandary, Rebecca. Between now and next podcast, let me um, find my AM radio, okay? Mm-hmm. And then um, viewers can. I mean, this is this this will be the cliffhanger for this week's episode. Will I find the AM radio? How will I find it? Do I have and a digital? How long will it take? Do, do I have, and what will I find there? I mean, I, I have a feeling it's uh, it's going to be a lot of nutty talk radio, and um, Could be. and what else? I just want to find a station, an AM station playing sort of tinny uh, 60s and 70s radio-friendly singles, uh, you know, with 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 commercials from that time period. So I want advertisements for 29-cent steaks and, um, and uh, you know, you ring, ar- ring around the collar. You just basically want to go back in time. Well, yeah, I want to go back to a time where, when I still liked candy. <laughs> and right. still felt shame. Right. And felt ashamed about eating candy. Uh, okay, Rebecca. Our next viewer mail, oddly, uh, comes from you. But it's you forwarding something to viewer mail. I don't know how this happened, but here we go. This comes from... Uh, this is this is unsigned, Rebecca. It's You know what, the, you know what it's signed? It's what? signed, is this the right way to get to viewer mail? Somebody sent that to my website, to my personal website. Okay. That, that and you email, forwarded this to your mail. And I forwarded it to you. Yes. So to answer uh, Nicholas's question, no, no, it's not the right way to get to your mail. What is the right way, Rebecca? And it's not his fault. We never Sending get. We an never email get the address. To ball and chain pod at gmail Ball and chain pod. Ball and chain pod at gmail Right. Correct. Ball and chain all written out. No ampersand. All written out. Yes. You can't. You can't just speak can't. it into your laptop. Well, you might be able to if you have voice to text. But I'm just saying it's not an ampersand. It's the word and. Oh yes. B a l l a n d c h a i n. P o d. P o d. At. At. G m a i l dot c o m. Thank you, Rebecca. That was uh, not at all patronizing. <laughs> Not to our our listeners. It was only supposed so to be patronizing. So, in, in the form that you get when people send email to your website or my website, you get "How can I help you?" Is this is the um, standard thing because because this is the same template if you were if you had an auto body repair shop or a uh, or a, a cookie baking business or something. How can I help you? Is what what the form says. So, how can we help you? Listen to the latest podcast the other day, writes Nicholas. Good as usual. However, I wonder if the Publix supermarket that Steve visited, this was in Florida, really had reserved parking for drivers of, of pickup trucks, or did they really have reserved parking for customers who were picking up their orders made online? That's the exact question that I had, Rebecca, but only after the fact. The reason I, I naturally assumed it was parking for pickups was 
there was a gigantic, you know, Ford F990 parked in one of the spaces marked pickup. Mm-hmm. The other two spaces were empty. And it would make sense to have parking spaces reserved for those gigantic pickup trucks and other oversized vehicles, right? Yes. Because in normal size parking spaces or normal parking spaces, as you tentatively, with trembling hand, sweating on your steering wheel, back out inch by inch between two uh, Ford Expeditions, you're just waiting for the rear end of your car to be sheared off by by a someone driving some, by somebody driving by mm-hmm. in the grocery store parking lot so if if all of the pickup trucks the giant vehicles pickups or otherwise were parked in their own section that would no longer be an issue right true but i suspect thinking about it i i don't know i don't know the answer do you think it's for pickup trucks or do you think it's for I mean, I've never seen pickup as a, you know, I've seen online orders or uh, parking for, you know. I have not seen parking for it, but you can like place an order online and then go into a grocery store and find one of those like shelves and you find your groceries. Um, I, I do know that in in um, in reality, people picking up their groceries at this Publix in Florida because I witnessed it simply pulled up into the crosswalk, the zebra-striped crosswalk in front of the Publix, popped the trunk of their car, and idled there while while the person they were picking up packed all of their groceries into the trunk. Not not a worker at Publix, but I saw a woman who was- Like a passenger got out of the car, went in- No, no, a, 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 somebody coming out of the grocery with a shopping cart- the person they were with had gone out, pulled the car up to front, up front, valet parking it there. Oh, I got you. Blocking anybody else from driving until they had loaded the groceries so curbside. So you and I the- drive to the grocery store. I go inside, you park the car and stay in the car. And then after I've done the shopping, instead of wheeling my cart. Well, we, we've just documented how dangerous you, you, a parking lot can be you, as you're backing up between you, you, the Right. Pickups. You park diagonally in the, in the you central crosswalk. Up, ignore all, all the rules of parking and traffic Not, and just and pop the trunk and let me put the groceries in the car. Yes. That, that's what and, was happening. And we mentioned that when, when you dropped me at the airport that day, an, an elderly gentleman was, was uh, flopping around like a, like a fish on a pier in the back of a flatbed pickup truck as it, trying to get his rollerboard yeah. suitcase as a son, yeah. we presume his son uh, sat in the cab. Well, this was a middle-aged woman driving the, her car while her white-haired mother was uh, loading the groceries into the trunk from the shopping cart. Now, I imagine that's how they wanted it, but uh, still, the parking in the crosswalk was a little ridiculous. Anyway, I, uh, good question, Nicholas, and I, and I, I don't know the answer. I think it could go either way, whether it's parking reserved for pickups or to pick up groceries. Mm. Either way, the parking reserved for oversized vehicles shouldn't be as near to the front door as this was. Uh, no, it should was. be far away. I mean, there's parking at, at at Bradley Airport, the airport we we go to. There's, there is a whole section for oversized cars to park. Um, so it's a thing, at least at airports in a parking garage, but I don't know about it at a grocery store. Uh, I, I'm going to write a, a novel Mm-hmm. The main character is going to be named Bradley Airport. <laughs> I like it. And and the title will be The Case of the Purloined Pillowcase. Okay. Maybe Bradley Airport will be a private eye who does a lot of flying around. Okay. He's, he's an airport detective. And he, uh, he, he observes people at the airport, much the way you do. I'll base it entirely on your... Experiences. You'll come back with new anecdotes. I'll incorporate them into the uh, okay. into the novel. Okay. Mm-hmm. You seem really interested in that. I am very interested. Dearest in receiver writes Kurt with a K. This is coming from G- Rebecca. I- I'm going to. He's he's our, our resident photon wrangler and Gilligan's Island expert, but you will have no memory of where our resident photon wrangler is writing from. So where would you guess? I'll give you I'll give you ten million guesses, and you won't get it. I don't know. Junction City, Oregon. Junction City. Am I saying Conjunction Oregon Junction. correctly? Oregon, yeah. Oregon or Oregon? No, it's Oregon. 
Is it is it Nevada or Nevada? It's Nevada. Is it Arizona? Okay. <laughs> it's Oregon. Okay, Oregon. Dearest Oregon. Receiver. That wasn't a real question, was it? Well, it's like origami. Yeah. No, it wasn't a real. Well, I mean, I don't know. Sometimes I Sometimes just. Sometimes it's yeah. Regionally, it can be a little confusing. Well, it's not just. It's it's just it's more to do with my brain is is deteriorating. Uh, the header on this, by the way, is Wonder Bread and Waffle Stompers. Nice. What a what a what a uh, mellifluous phrase that is. Dearest Restiva, Miss Rebecca's story of the lady wearing plastic bags for overshoes brought to mind grade school winters in Montana and in Minnesota. Kurt, we would wear bread bags over our socks to make them easier to slip on and off our snowmobile boots. We didn't have a snowmobile. Uh, to this day, I've never been snowmobiling, but we had snowmobile boots and snowmobile suits. Mm-hmm. I'm going to guess that Steve knows what Wonder Bread and Waffle Stompers have in common growing up in Minnesota, but as Rebecca is a bit younger than us, did she share the same pre-Gore-Tex indignity of wearing bread bags inside your winter shoes? Rebecca, I forget. Did you? Yeah. Yeah. When we would, um, I never thought of it as an indignity, but yeah, when we would go out and play in the snow, sometimes you'd put those on just to keep your feet dry. Absolutely. Because of course, snow is inevitably, even in, especially in those days, um, even though like in moon boots, you'd squeeze yeah. your feet in, but snow still got in, still made them cold, still made them wet. So the bread bags were were always a good. I'm going to wear bread bags addition. this winter. Yeah. Just just for. Well, it's it's like when I was talking about that's what it looked like with the woman last week when I was was flying over her her uh, designer shoes. And and, and if it's really cold, we wear, wear Wonder Bread bags with the Wonder Bread still in them. <laughs> you know, Wonder Bread, it would shape it would it would be like it would be like a like a, f- a f- spray foam or foam insulation. Mm-hmm. It would shape to you know any any shape you wanted, right? Yeah. Did you have Wonder Bread? You didn't have Wonder Bread as a kid. Not very much. My brother. You had. Um, you just your your mother baked bread, and no, you had a, you had a you had a wood burning. On occasion, my mom baked bread, and sometimes she would like it. The wood burning stove would be going as the bread was like the dough was rising or whatever. But you grew up in a, in a Courier and Ives calendar. You grew up in a Norman Rockwell painting, right? I'll just wait till you're done. I'm trying to think of one more and then you can talk. I'm kidding. Okay. So, but I do remember, did any of your siblings ever do this? My brother would do this on occasion. My sister and I never did. If there's like a piece of of white bread and it sort of had to be the consistency of Wonder Bread, he would peel off the crust like with his fingers, just eat the crust. And then he'd take the remaining piece of bread and roll it up into a ball. Oh, sure. Of course. And like- It was like a Super Bowl. Yeah. It was, and it was tiny. And I remember at the time thinking, how do you get that big piece of bread into that little ball? And then had a very different consistency, still the same flavor, but in some ways was a lot more fun to eat. You, that could, way. you could play handball with it. <laughs> you could, I suppose. Uh, yours most devotedly, Kurt in Junction City, uh, ball and chain resident, photon wrangler, and Gilligan's Island expert. Um, P.S. writes Kurt because he's from Oregon. Well, not because he is, but speaking of Oregon, horrible news about Sedona Prince. What are her WNBA prospects? Yeah, it was announced um, within the last week, I think, that Sedona Prince um, needs surgery. I believe it's on her elbow, and so we'll miss. Remind viewers who Sedona, Sedona Prince is. Sedona Prince is a 6'7 player at the University of Oregon. She started her career at Texas, had a, a, a horrible injury playing for USA Basketball, um, a leg injury, and uh, transferred from Texas to Oregon. I think she may have had or may still have a lawsuit with the University of Texas in the way her injury was handled, went to Oregon and has been kind of an important piece for them um, the last couple of years. She's, you know, as she's coming back from from this bad injury, she is uh, has an incredibly large social media following on TikTok, uh, Instagram you know, a social media influencer. She's the one who brought all of the eyes to the inequities that uh, were happening in the bubble in 2021 in terms of uh, the different, the disparities in um, resources for the the men at their tournament and the women um, at theirs. But uh, yeah, so she's, she's said she's done um, at Oregon. She needs to get surgery. And um, it's, when you ask about her WNBA prospects, a completely healthy Sedona Prince absolutely is on a roster. She's got a really nice face-up game, has range out to the three-point line, 
great size. Um, but coaches are always a little bit cautious, <laughs> more than a little bit cautious when it comes to a player, in particular a big player who's kind of had the the history of injuries that she's had. So I don't know what what it will mean for this coming draft. I would imagine she will get drafted, even though she probably won't be able to play because she'll still be coming back from injury. And then I don't know if she'll go overseas to play um, and then come back because, again, she has a really big presence on social media. So she uh, certainly can earn a nice living kind of uh, staying as an influencer. Um, but yeah, it, it was a shame because uh, she's certainly a talented young woman. Finally, Dr. Gary Siegel, DGS. Uh, Dr. Siegel, hello. By the way, we should. Dr. Siegel makes me think of of George and Columbus, who uh, are our pumpkin uh, Da Vinci. We had a friend over on Halloween, Halloween. and she uh, noticed the pumpkin. She said, "Oh, you guys." She, uh, I'm just barely paraphrasing here. Oh, you guys do this every year. Oh, this is great. I I, I love how you guys do this every year. We don't do it every year. What kind of, uh, I mean, perhaps that's how she sees us, but a narcissist would create a pumpkin in their own likeness. Well, I think I think George would be happy to know that we had a, a substantial conversation with our friend on Halloween talking about George. And because she asked, how did he learn of the podcast? And I said, I don't know. Um, and you said, well, I don't know either. And I said, well, why don't we just ask? Why don't we on the podcast say, George, how did you become aware of the Ball and Chain podcast? Well, I mean, people back in the day, I'm interested pe to know. People have become aware of it. So we're happy about that. But yeah, it's, but it's, like, uh, but he's one of the originals, just like Dr. Gary Siegel is one of the originals. Like, how did they first learn it would, it would be, about Ball and Chain? I mean, it's lunacy as it is, but it would be even greater lunacy if we were doing this from our basement and expressing shock and wonder that that people had actually heard it no i think like for me it's more i've we've i don't think we've taken for granted dr siegel or george and columbus or any of our viewers slash listeners on the contrary no. no like we totally appreciate them but especially some people who have gone back to the beginning of this um and, and maybe they have shared this and we've read it at some point and i just don't remember but i would like to know from both of them in particular dr siegel and and george Oh, yeah. How the heck did you stumble upon our podcast for the first time? And we are genuinely surprised and, and kind of unsettled when we hear people, particularly people geographically near to us, who casually mention that they heard something on the podcast or they listened to something in the car. And, and it is, it's, it's, we're happy to have all listeners, but it can be unsettling because the minute we uh, finish recording one of these, um, within within another minute after that, we forget that we do this right. until the following week. Well, when 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 on a Tuesday morning, we say, "Are we going to do a podcast today?" Oh, we have to do a podcast today. And almost always, it will be you saying, "Oh, I forgot about that. Uh, I have uh, Zoom at ten thirty. I can't do it. Can we? Can you text Denny and see if you know we can do it tomorrow?" No, most of the time it's. Yes, but l l this is the time we have to do it because we're fi fitting it around certain things. But when you talk about unsettling. Well, but, but then, and then in, in like a Thursday at some random car wash or something, if somebody will say something that they heard something on the podcast, that's the, that's the unsettling, startling right. reminder that you do this podcast. Right. Well, I was talking to a friend of mine, um, somebody actually who I coach with um, on Halloween and, uh, and all of a sudden he asked me about like, how's the podcast going? And, and I was like, oh, um, and and usually you take that as a, as, is that a pot shot? Like, oh, how's yeah, the podcast like a, Quickly, going? My, yeah. I'm going through my entire Rolodex yeah. of, I've never said anything that, that this person you're would thinking, find Do I have a podcast? Have I? <laughs> but, but what was great was, um, he said his, his, he listens sometimes, his wife listens. And um, he said his daughter, who's in seventh grade, she said, you can't tell her that you listen to the podcast. And isn't that just such a 12 slash 13 year old I kid I think it's, reaction? I, I, you can't I, I tell kind her of, that I you kind listen. of agree with her. Like, uh, you know, it's, uh, well, so Emma, hello. And, uh, and I just, I, I just, <laughs> I thought that was funny. It does. It's, 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 it's eavesdropping. Anyway, where was I? Dr. But what Garcia? he said to her was, that's why they do it. Is so people will listen. That's like true. It's okay. That's true. That's fine. That's, <laughs> I forgot about that. Yes. 
Uh, Dear Rebecca and Steve, writes DGS, I hope this note finds you well, and I do apologize for inadvertently being a bit harsh regarding the AM radio in Steve's car. Moreover, moreover, I mean, good use of moreover, Dr. Siegel, moreover. Not enough moreovers. Moreover, thanks for giving me the week off from writing, of course, with pay. There's much to cover from the last two podcasts, so here we go. Exclamation mark. I like this. He's bringing a lot of energy today, Rebecca. One, I recently left a set of Apple headphones with a lightning end at my daughter's house. Luckily, I had the appropriate dongle to make a normal set of headphones compatible with my iPhone. Rebecca, with a lightning end, he adds parenthetically. Do you have any idea what he's talking about? A lightning end. Well, that's... I just think he means like, you know, how you charge your phone. It's not a normal... Yeah, well, I think because you know the iPhone doesn't have the yeah. normal. Well, if he, if he required an appropriate dongle, then then it must be that yes. must be what he's talking about. Uh, appropriate dongle, that's a good phrase. I'd hate that's to hear what, about an inappropriate dongle. That's what everyone is hoping Doctor C yes, gives yes, their yes, 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 child right, in their yes. circumcision. <laughs> Two, Rebecca, your Apple Store experience reflects shopping at retail prices. We all know that. Simply put, you get what you pay for. A helpful phone hint. Mrs. DGS has purchased our phones through Costco, with the most recent two iPhones having been bought in the winter before COVID-19, the pandemic. At Costco, you get more than what you pay for. I mean, did I just read an uh, an ad promo, Rebecca? I think you may have. Is Dr. Siegel getting kickbacks from Costco? <laughs> I hope so. He should be. Um, what, what, is the, what is their store brand? Northland or what, what is it? Kirkland. 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 Uh, Kirkland, uh, Dr. Siegel. Um, okay, good advice, Dr. Siegel, I, I guess. I don't know. I can't speak for that. Three, at Henry Grady High School in Atlanta, as seniors, we were allowed to leave Mrs. Martha Barnes's math class to get hot Krispy Kreme donuts at the nearby store on Ponce de Leon Avenue. And he, he, he boldfaces it so I can give a pretentious pronunciation. Sadly, the original building burned down in the summer of 2021, but the new owners, which include Shaquille O'Neal, have plans for a new improved shop. Uh, nice. This is this is what this is where exactly this is uh, on Ponce de Leon Avenue okay. in Atlanta, near in Atlanta. presumably near Henry Grady High School. Okay. Uh, four hot hot chicken is apparently a hot item, and using the internet, I've discovered that there is a Hattie B's hot chicken in East Atlanta, along with several other brands. Best of luck to Rachel when she visits. I've not yet tried hot chicken, in which the hot refers to the spice level. Rebecca, as you suspected. Mm-hmm. Hot now, of course, is uh, the sign at Krispy Kreme when, when the donuts are hot. I, I want perhaps hot chicken has the same thing. But oh, it'll be always hot because it's spicy. Five, Publix came to Atlanta in 1988, and we had just moved back from my training to the area. None of the Publixes at which we shop have pickup truck parking. Steve, are you certain that it wasn't for a picking up a curbside order? Where in Florida was this, and can we get corroboration? Dr. Siegel, if you... If you must know, it was at uh, in Bonita Springs. Um, I don't. We don't require corroboration. At least I don't, because I saw it with my own eyes. <laughs> but if you would, li- if you would like corroboration from somebody else at the Publix in Bonita Springs, knock yourself out. Uh, six. The Braves were outplayed by the Phillies. Go Astros! As Dusty Baker, a former Brave who is now the Astros manager, has never won a World Series. Now I can't, I can't, uh, can't co-sign on Go Astros, but I can co-sign on Dusty Baker as a, as a. Um, I did a long. Did I did I say this last week? No. I did a long profile of Dusty Baker for Sports Illustrated a thousand years ago when he was manager of the San Francisco Giants. Spent a lot of time with him, and uh, thoroughly enjoyed uh, all of that time that I spent with him. And somewhere in the nether regions of the internet that story exists Mm -hmm. seven tying a few topics together on the boys trip to the u.s grand prix we found that arriving around 15 minutes before our practice or qualifying session was perfect just like rebecca's boarding a plane just before departure mrs dgs and i long ago before the 9-11 security measures once boarded a plane and they closed the door and started the taxi as soon as we were seated that was perfect timing unless dr siegel the plane had been They've been waiting for you. And then people looked at you with scorn. And, uh, yes. That's- I, I, though I guess still perfect timing for him, just not for everybody else. Mm-hmm. We also learned that the only audio broadcast available of the race needed to keep track of things not visible on the huge video screen a bit far from our seats was on AM radio. 
as internet service was spotty. So AM radio remains relevant, and I'll be sure to bring one that likely was purchased in the 20th century to next year's race. Perhaps a uh, like a 1960s transistor radio with a with an earpiece. Mm-hmm. Do those usually have like nine volt batteries, or what was the? Yeah, I think so. And a and a, um, and a, um, a uh, lightning end to your earpiece. Mm-hmm. It requires <laughs> right. an appropriate dongle. Right. Eight, and this is his last uh, enumerated point here, Rebecca. Formula One report. The U.S. and Mexican races are over, and Max Verstappen and Red Bull are the are the driver and constructor champions, respectively, with the latter determining prize money at season's end. Max has won 14 races this season, a record, and while Lewis Hamilton and Mercedes had a bit of a chance in both races, the Verstappen-Red Bull package is just ahead of all others this year. Uh, Dr. Siegel uses a little Britishism there, wrote, had a bit of a chance. A bit of, that's a, that's a, that's a, hear that a lot in, mm-hmm. in the UK, usually as a, as a wild understatement. Additionally, Red Bull Racing had a minor infringement in that the team exceeded the cost cap and is penalized next year with a restriction on wind tunnel testing time. Rebecca, you've, you've uh, been following the wind tunnel testing time controversy. <laughs> I have not, I must can, admit. Perhaps you can bring that up in Nets, Brooklyn Nets studio this weekend. However, it's on to Brazil in a fortnight. <laughs> could, could it be like a, what would be a hot air Testing tunnel, a hot air testing tunnel. They put they put they put all studio analysts in a hot air testing (laughs) tunnel before they put you on air. Did they did they do that just to just just to test you out? Yes. See how much you could bloviate. Yes. Uh, However, it's on to Brazil in a fortnight. Doctor Siegel is is uh, this is we're we're getting the UK DGS today, UK DGS in a fortnight. Yes. Uh, I have taken the liberty of attaching a short video of cars braking after a long back straight. That, that is B-R-A-K-I-N-G, Rebecca. After a long back straight in preparation to, for turn 12, as well as a local sign reminding us to come back soon, which I pray that you'll review and read to the viewers. All the best on a Sunday night, Gary. And that sign is, and it is, it's a physical sign that says, y'all come back now, you hear? You like Great. that, don't you, Rebecca? I do. Not a sign you see often in uh, New England or, or that I've ever seen in New England. Rebecca, I don't think I have anything else. Thank you to all of the viewers uh, who mailed us or who did not. Oh, we do appreciate the listeners, even though we uh, were startled by them. And uh, do we have anything else? No, that's it. Tom Dick Harry. Producer Denny Gallagher. Oh, well, that should go without saying. Well, I mean, I thank didn't want it to go without saying. Okay. Without saying okay. Because too often it does. No, of course. You're right. Play us out. Sing says no pain, no gain, and we found that to be fact. The road might twist and turn a bit, but we all arrive intact. Mr. Mom and Mrs. Dad having each other's back. Day by day, just to keep it sane. Who's the ball and who's the chain? It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. Six of us and the family pet live in this cuckoo nest. Daily grind puts sanity to a daily test. Androgynous and ambiguous While we give for a little rest Stay by day just to keep it sane Who's the ball and who's the chain It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane